Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Jen A, and I'm here in Colorado. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, June 17, 2022. It's 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Today we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in chapter number one. It's titled Bill's Story. We're on page 10. Go to the bottom of that page, and we're on the fourth paragraph. It begins with, with ministers and the world's religion. And then we're going to read just that one little paragraph, those one, two, three, four lines, and we're going to end with my mind snapshot against such a theory. Today's readers, we have Team Friday, Tenzin P, Lauren N. They'll be reading the 12 steps and the 12 traditions. The readers of the text are going to be Vanita L. Our closing reader is Darlene H. And our backup leader, a reader <laughs> is Janice P.M. Our newcomer greeter today would be Jason K. And our second hour moderator is Barbara P. The reference numbers for yesterday, if you want to write those down. Yesterday was Wednesday, June 16, 2022. Our 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Big Book Study recording was 19,076. That's 19076. The 10 a.m. Eastern Big Book Study recording was 19,077. So that's 19077. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. So our sole purpose here, OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. All right, so I will now ask Tenzin P to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Tenzin. Good morning, everyone. Tenzin P checking in from New York. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 
Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tenzin P. I'll now ask Lauren N. to read the 12 traditions. Hello, Jen. Hello, Jen. This is Lauren N., uh, Compulsive Overeater Sugar Addict from New York. 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our common welfare should come first. The personal, personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, never ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Lauren. And all right, this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we do ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. 
This meeting does request that when you share, it be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you'll press star one to unmute your phone. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, we ask that everyone's phone except the speakers would be muted. So today we're resuming our study. We're in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, chapter one, Bill's story, page 10, go all the way to the bottom in that last paragraph, paragraph number four, with ministers in the world's religions, reading only that one paragraph, uh, will be the lovely Vanita L. Go ahead, Vanita. Hi, I'm a recovered but not cured compulsive overeater. With ministers and the world's religions, I parted right there. When we talked of a God personal to me, who was love, superhuman strength, and direction, I became irritated and my mind snapped shut against such a theory. So um, I grew up in a religion that's got a lot of power in the world and I loved it and I loved the rituals and I was in a very religious family, a thoroughly dysfunctional, addictive family, but a very religious family. And um, when I got older, I just shut my mind off to that um, religion because I didn't experience love in my family. So I didn't see um, the power of that religion. And I think my mother was addicted, was probably a religious addict. Anyway, so um, then... You know, but I was always very spiritually oriented. But it wasn't until I got to the 12 steps. I call the 12 steps like taking spirituality, you know, like you're in kindergarten, right? When you make a mistake, you make amends, right? The whole thing. But it's, um, I don't mean to diminish it by saying it's like kindergarten, but it's like the fundamentals, it's the basics. And um, I'm still into a lot of, I like a lot of esoteric, mystical eclectic spiritual stuff but the 12 steps is my foundation so i met a psychic healer when i was 21 and um no i was younger than that because i couldn't drink so um i met this psychic healer and he told me like jesus was real and um none of those things that those things were real spirituality was real and um Anyway, I had my own spiritual path after that. But again, it wasn't until I really brought in the 12 steps that it really helped practically um, improve my life and helped me deal with my addiction. And then I'd heard my whole life that God was love. And I liked that idea that God was love. And then I had an experience, though, once in meditation of what they call redemptive love, which is being completely, um, completely connected with God and knowing that God loved me, every single aspect of me, including every cell of my body. And I knew God felt that way about every other part of God's creation. And that didn't last very long in time, but it was powerful and I constantly remember it because it reminds me of the truth. And it was a paradoxical experience in the sense I knew God never had judged me 
but I also felt completely forgiven. I just wanted to run around and tell everybody that they were forgiving because I could see all these people walk around with all this shame and guilt and these lies they tell about themselves. And I um, just want to say you're forgiven. You know, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. So um, I think it's beautiful, right, that Bill's talking about his experience and how he got connected personally to a higher power that he could use day to day to keep him not drinking and um, serving others. Thank you. Thank you so much, Benita L. All right. Well, we do value everyone's experiences here today in the meeting. We ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others might share their experience as well. So who would like to share on what was read today? Katie B. Golda H. Ken WH. Ken WH. There was somebody um, at the very beginning. Katie, there you are. Katie B. Like as a boy? Correct. Thanks, Katie, for speaking back up again. Okay. So I have Claire, Golda, Ken, and Katie. Who else is out there? Jennifer C. Jennifer C. One more spot. Going, going, going. Here we go. Who wants to take it? Anne-Marie. Pedro B. Anne-Marie. There you go. All right. Anne-Marie and then Pedro. We'll put you in there, too. And then we'll uh, stop right there. Okay. So I have Claire E., Golda, Ken, Katie, Jennifer, Anne-Marie, and Pedro. Sounds like an awesome seven-star lineup there. Let's go ahead with Claire E. Good morning, Claire. Go ahead and press star one again, Claire. I think you got remuted. Clary, we can't hear you, so if you'll press star one. Oh, hi there. Can you hear me? You know, Claire, your your line is quite choppy. Do you want to try and dial in again, and I'll put you in after Bolda? I think so. I'll, I'll yeah, let's do that. Unless I hear other yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying. Oh. It's all broken up. So when, if you wouldn't mind trying dialing back in again, that'd be great. And Boulder, why don't you go ahead and share, and then we'll try and. Yeah, let's do that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, go ahead, Boulder. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for your service and for the reading. And um, I love the journey of the second step. It's. Oh, I just had to sit down. I'm so tired of standing. Anyway, um, it's wonderful because, uh, yeah, it's so wonderful. God works in so many ways on so many levels with all of us, addicts, non-addicts. You know, we each have our story and our path. And I love the recovery. I love the step to take that God does not, I mean, it's based in earlier religions, but God does not require us you know we just want to keep an open mind and he starts working you know but anyway I for me I really um, I really found I grew up with no religion at all but I was always very spiritual and all that stuff there's a lot of background noise I don't know Um, but Anyway, what happened was I found my religion. I found I identified with the, with the woman who 
opened us up because I found I had a very religious experience. It was a very mystical, meaningful experience. And I was always happy that I didn't grow up religious because whatever was messed up in my house, it never got connected. To I have a lot of background. I hear an echo. Sorry, Golda, let's just pause for a second. Okay, thank you so much, Golda. Um, if we can go ahead and um, whoever's on the dashboard, if you could just remute the lines for us real quick and we'll start over. That'd be great. Sorry about that, Golda. That was Golda H. All right, and Claire E, Claire e have you dialed back in again? Let's try Claire again with a star one. Oh, hi, Dad. Can you hear me now? Yes, go right ahead, Claire. Thanks so much. Ah, perfect. Lovely. Sorry, it was it was not letting me unmute and all sorts. Thank you so much, Jen, for your service and for everybody um, who shared on this paragraph. And, oh, I really identify with Bill W. Um, you know, I came to OA on a background of, well, I was trying to, my background was really just agnostic atheist. You know, my, my, my dad was very anti. My mum was pretty neutral. Um, and I came into OA very broken bulimic and um, I wasn't anti-religion particularly but I just you know this whole thing of a, a god that was personal to me made me feel irritated it didn't make me feel irritated as such it was more just I couldn't fathom that that was going to be the solution to my eating disorder you know what was god going to do when I was sitting my head in the fridge or down the toilet um so you know I, I had a real issue with the step two and I think I really got hung up on step two as well um, and you know I share this for anyone that's that's new or struggling is that I thought I had to have it down pat I thought I had to have something that I understood and that I could use and to be able to move on with the program and that's that's just not true you know all I had to do was really embrace my powerlessness you know my, my problem you know the fact that I had a physical allergy and a mental obsession that was going to drive me to my grave if I didn't address it and be open-minded and just let things evolve and you know in the big book it uses so many different terms you know personality change sufficient to bring about recovery you know a transformation of our thought and our, our feed you know I, I can't quote that one very well but um, you know, there's so many other sort of um, terminology for what happens to us with the steps that nobody need to have a problem with this at all. If you're religious, great. If you're not, great. Um, and, um, you know, my, my my understanding of my higher power, and this is sort of personal to me, you know, it, 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 exactly that. that there's a, there is a higher power that's personal to me. Of course it's personal to me because it's my experience, my um you know, my, my evolution of, of my spiritual journey. So my higher power is very, very personal to me and it works for me. And it says in, you know, the chapter we agnostics, our own conception, however inadequate, was enough to make a start. And, um, you know, I know that my conception is adequate because I'm abstinent and because I'm happily abstaining and because I have a good quality of life today, which doesn't involve food and overeating and hurting myself with food. So, you know, I am... Um, I just love this paragraph. It's just so open, isn't it? You know, here we are. We start on a spiritual journey and we have the freedom now to, to go wherever we're led. And if that's down a religious path, I'm, that's good, good, good for anybody that does that. And if it's not, the recovery is still perfectly possible. And that's been my direct experience. And I'll leave it there. Thank you. Thanks so much, Clary. I believe she's from the UK. If you'll give me uh, your first name, the first initial of your last name and where you're from when you get up to the mic that would be great next we have ken wh followed by katie b good morning ken well good morning thank you uh, <clears throat> good morning to all i'm ken I'm a recovered compulsive eater from 
North Carolina. I have to be aware as I read all of this section, and it's a number of pages, that Bill is reminiscing. Bill is looking in retrospect here from a recovered, healthy uh, point of view. He's looking back at his past and his struggles through spiritual development and uh, relationship to God. Um, I'm also aware that uh, in a previous paragraph here, two back, two or three back, um, the word but appears and it's going to appear again. And in other words, he's he's talking and he's sharing and then he's saying, but, but this, but this. And he's going to undo, in a sense, what he's been talking about in terms of his belief system. In other words, that's all past and things have changed. Um, he had slammed the door shut. Um, he Later on, we'll find out that this power greater than himself opened that door again. Um, Bill is not an atheist. He's not an agnostic. Um, he just, frankly, doesn't know what he believes at this point. He's barely free of the alcoholic as he as he reminisces here, the story part. Again, he's re, he's writing four years later, so or three or four, however many, I don't know the exact amount of time, but uh, that paragraph a few uh, things back where he's talking about his grandfather, and it's almost like he's idealizing his grandfather and for what his grandfather believed in his skepticism about church people and all of that, and then there's a but in that sentence right in the middle, in that paragraph right in the middle, um, that, that turns the paragraph which basically says and ends, that made me swallow hard. In other words, what he thought he believed <laughs> scared him half to death. And, and, he, and he has come to believe over time, as I came to believe over time, that the God of my understanding, the small g God of my understanding is not God. God is something so much more uh, vast, mysterious. The, mis the mystery of faith is something that just really drives me. Uh, God is so much bigger. I'll never know. I'll never understand. But I can have faith in that God of my understanding. And I think that's what Bill gets to over the course of these pages. If we take a paragraph right out of context, it almost sounds really bashing hard on the concept of God and religion and everything else in these pages. He's not. He's simply relating his experience. And that's what I can do. And and I want to share what it's like for me today, which is a uh, the conversion. Thank you. I pass. Thanks so much, Ken W.H. from North Carolina. Up next is Katie B., followed by Jennifer C. Good morning to you, Katie. Hi, can you hear me? I sure can. Go right ahead, Katie. Where are you from this morning? Great. Thank you. Good morning. Hi, this is Katie B. I'm from New York. Um, I'm a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, I completely identified with Bill in this paragraph. You know, for most of my life, I felt almost a visceral repulsion from religion and religious leaders. 
and I definitely became irritated <laughs> and had no willingness to have an open mind about religion or God. And if I heard religious leaders or people talking about God loving me, my immediate reaction was like a dramatic inner eye roll. <laughs> um, it just sounded ridiculous and it sounded like fantasy. And I'm not sure why that is. I don't know if it was because I didn't think I was worthy of God's love or I didn't think God had like demonstrated his love for me sufficiently throughout the years. And if there was a God, he certainly wasn't meeting my standards. But for whatever the reason, you know, like Bill, I became irritated uh, and closed-minded. And I wasn't ready until I was ready. Um, and now I know the truth. You know, of course God loves me personally. God loves me so much that he relieved me of my compulsion to hurt myself with food. Um, and of course it's God's superhuman strength that I needed because if a human could have done this, I would have been that human. I mean, I spent more time, effort, and willpower fighting my compulsive overeating than I think I did on anything else in my whole life combined. And my human power would never be sufficient. Um, it's God's superhuman strength uh, that makes living without my compulsion effortless today. It's effortless. And I don't get any of the credit for that. You know, like, of course, I had to be willing to do my part. Um, I'm willing to commit to entire abstinence. I'm willing to take the steps to the best of my ability. But God has lifted that compulsion. Um, and, you know, now today and always, of course, I need God's superhuman direction. Like, when I'm directing the show on my own, it's all about me. It's from me. It's for me. And even when I think I'm being a good person with good intentions, you know, it's about me. But when I turn to God for direction, I, I have a life beyond my wildest dreams. You know, I have true freedom. I have true happiness. And today, God is personal to me. I just have to seek him. And God is love. And I am worthy of that love. And we all are. You know, we just have to be a little, a little willing or even just willing to be willing and a little open-minded, and that's all we need to start. And God meets us where we are. And um, with that, I'll pass. I hope you all have a great day. Perfect timing. Thanks so much, Katie B. from New York. Up next, we have Jennifer C., followed by Anne Marie. Hey, Jennifer. Hey, good morning. Thank you, Jen, for your service. I always love when you're the moderator. Um, good morning, everybody. This is Jennifer C., Gratefully, um, thankfully, and very humbly um, in a recovered state today, love, superhuman strength, and direction. <clears throat> what am I waiting for, right? Like, what am I waiting for? Um, I need guidance constantly. I need direction constantly for my thoughts, especially, right? Because the whole thing begins in my head. So... So this direction for my thoughts, this guidance for my actions, this guidance for my heart, um, you know, in this process at, at steps one and two, I don't have to look very far to see that I need another way. I need another way, another way to think, another way to process reality, another way to live, um, 
you know, love, love where there's fear. God's love drives out my fear today, right? Like I can't drive out my own fear, but I can, I can bring it to God and I can exchange it for the love that, that is so perfect and divine. It's the only love that is perfect. Um, so this exchange process, right? Like where there is self-reliance, trying to figure everything out, I exchange that for superhuman strength and direction. Um, where there's confusion and overanalyzation, which is pretty much my middle name, like that's where God's like, here you go. Here's what to do next, right? Like here's what to do next. Um, and why did, why did Bill become irritated? <clears throat> I, 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 I believe it's because he was interpreting God through his, through his self-will and through his life circumstances, right? Like, and how often do I do that? How often do I interpret God's love or not through my circumstances? Um, and the reality for me today is that God is everything and God is always good. God is everything and God is always good. And I used to put things in boxes, a good box and a bad box, and then I'd blame God for all the bad, right? And and that was the prejudice. That was the pride that was in the way of me receiving the love, the superhuman strength, and the direction. So that set-aside prayer is gold. Um, and I had to really, really pray that with all my heart so that I could really, truly set aside everything I thought I knew about everything I thought I knew for a new experience with God, with God's love, with God's superhuman strength, um, and anything blocking me. So if you're struggling today, I just want to just kind of throw out there, like, God, help me the truth. You don't have to memorize, you know, a whole prayer. Just, just keep asking God, God, please remove anything blocking me from seeing the truth about who you are and what you want to do for me. And, um, and that was super duper helpful for me in my process. So with that, I pass. I love you all. Have a great day. Thanks, Jennifer C. Um, all right. Up next, we have Anne-Marie followed by Pedro. Good morning, Anne-Marie. Okay. Hey, good morning, Jen. Thanks so much hey. for leading us in this meeting. Mm. Um, uh, this is Anne Marie M. I am recovered um, through God's grace and, uh, from compulsive eating, and I live in South Carolina now. I'm just so grateful for this 12-step program to leading me to a God, a loving God. I grew up, I'm not sure, like what Bill was explaining um, but I, like, like many that I've heard on the line, I grew up with a God that was a punishing God and I, and I pictured him and, you know, maybe I wasn't even taught this, but this was my perception growing up that God was up in the sky with a big, big guy, big, big God with a big white beard and he had a big notebook and he had my name in that notebook <laughs> This is my little girl version. And he was mocking down everything that I did wrong, everything. Um, and so I started um, drinking when I, I started compulsively eating when I was about, uh, uh, at the, la the first memory was when I was about eight years old. But um, I started drinking when I was about 15, and my behavior changed dramatically. And I did things that I know that was on God's bad list. So um, 
I had to go to church when I was living at home with my parents, but when I turned 18 and I went to college, nope, I wasn't going to go to God. I just figured that I was on his bad list and that no matter what I did, you know, I was doomed. So why bother? Why bother? So I always believed that there was God, like like Bill. Um, I'm not sure if I saw hypocrites. I, I, I get the impression that he or his grandfather taught him that, um, you know, the religious people were hypocritical. But I just felt that I was I was doomed. There was no hope for me. And it wasn't until I came into the rooms of the 12 steps that I learned that my God is loving. He loves me no matter what. And I've been in and out of uh, abstinence for a long time. And what really turned me around was having a loving God that I communicate with every morning and throughout the day. And it's my phone calls with other people that I I didn't do, um, well, I called other people. But anyway, it's my phone calls that I hear God's message. And God uses me to get his message to other people. So my phone calls are really important for me to keep in touch with God, not only just in the morning when I do my prayer and meditation in the evening when I'm asking him for um, any forgiveness and for, um, although he does forgive me, um, but just to look over my day. I touch base with God every time I talk with uh, another person, and I know that God's always there with me. So coming from that, that big old man in the sky with the big white beard who was watching everything wrong I did, to having a loving God that I can rely on every day is miraculous. So I'm really grateful. Thanks, Jen. I'm going to pass. Thanks so much, Anne Marie. Appreciate it. Up next, we have Pedro. And Pedro, before you begin, if you'll give me just a moment, if people have just hopped on the line this morning, welcome. Uh, welcome to a Vision for You Big Book Study. We're on Chapter 1, Bill's Story, page 10. Head all the way down to the bottom last paragraph, and it says, With Ministers in the World's Religions. We just read those four lines right there, and that's what we're sharing on. I'll go ahead and ask Pedro B. to share. Morning, Pedro. Good morning, Jan. Can you hear me? Sure can. Go right ahead. Thank you. Yes, my name is Pedro B. I live in San Bernardino, California. Uh, grateful to be here uh, recovering from compulsive overeating. It's uh it's great to hear your voice, uh, Jen. It's so lovely. I can so hear the love in your voice. I love your voice. Thank you for your service. Uh thank you everyone for sharing your experience, strength and hope with us. Uh it's so helpful, you know, to hear so many different approaches, so many different ideas. Uh, you know, this idea what jump jumps on me today says when they talk of a God personal to me. You know, as uh, was my friend Harlem G that said that uh, you know God is personal, God is powerful, and God is uh, uh, I forget the other P permanent. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, you know uh, what I'm thinking is if you knew, if you knew, uh, please keep coming back. Uh, it's taking me a long, long time to. Uh, to be where I'm at today, and I'm so grateful. But uh, uh, there is hope here, and and that is the the principle behind step two: coming to believe that a power greater than myself 
can restore me to sanity. And, you know, that idea in itself, what do you mean to tell me that I'm crazy? No way I'm not crazy. But uh, the fact is that for me, my own understanding, my own definition of insanity is that, uh, that I'm dangerous to myself and dangerous to others. And the fact is that through through the addictions, I'm in the process of uh, killing myself. So definitely, uh, I am crazy, and, and uh, I need a power greater than myself. And thank God for the agnostics, you know. Thank God for for the idea that uh, the idea of you know God as you understand God, you know that that in itself is very personal, you know, and, and gives me the freedom to to. To seek the truth, to seek, you know, uh, you know, we this idea of of God. You know, I, I was raised Catholic, and uh, yeah, God was in the sky, and you know, uh, I became a Buddhist when I was uh, about seventeen years old, and uh, and the idea of you know, in Buddhism they talk about Buddhist gods functions to serve to protect our life. You know, and and uh, in page fifty-five of this book of the Gnostic, it says we found the great reality deep down within us. In the last analysis, it's only there that he may be found. And for me, you know, I can uh, see and feel this power in my life, and I can also see and feel this power outside my life. So it's both in and out. You know, it's 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 pretty big. It's pretty big. But uh, for me personally, Time, what I need, thank you, Jan. I need, uh, I'll wrap up with this. Um, uh, never mind. I'll, 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 I'll end up with that. Thank you for letting me share. Okay. Thanks so much, Pedro B. All right. So uh, we value everyone's experiences on the line with us this morning. We do ask that you limit your shared every third day so that others can share their experience too. And if you're new, don't be afraid to press star one. Go right ahead. Kathy J. Mary A. Kathy Loretta A. W. Rick J. Mary W. Loretta. Who is the W in there? I want to get you. Sorry. Leslie. Leslie w. w. Leslie. Thank you. I knew I heard of Leslie W. Okay, so I have Kathy, Mary, Loretta, Leslie, Rick, and somebody else. Debbie. Debbie. Okay, thanks so much. That wraps Well, I was muted I the whole time I was talking. Let's try that again. Kathy, are you there? <laughs> I am. Thank you. Kathy J. Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, you know, this, um, this paragraph is the beginning of what the big book does to lead us to a power greater in our lives that is sufficient to, re- to remove my compulsion to overeat. And that's what happened. When I first, um, I had to be really, really beat up. And I rejected someone else's interpretation of religion, which was punishing. And I found out God's too big for one religion. You know, God's bigger than any of that. And unfortunately, religion's made up of people. And 
being being hit and slapped and punished and you know for my own good um you know maybe that was right i don't know but it did turn me against against god uh, their interpretation of god because it was too painful and and the fact of the matter is um when i was beat up enough i just got on my knees and i said god i don't know who you are or what you are or even if you are but I need help and I can't do it anymore. Um, and believe it or not, that busted my open-mindedness way open. And I didn't, I, I didn't realize that eating compulsively blocked out everything. It numbed me. It, it fogged my brain. Um, it, it's what literally eating, eating the wrong, eating crappy food, um, eating stuff when I was a kid that, that was real popular at the time, which is sugar cereals. I didn't know it was re- affecting me that way. I would have given anything to belong, to understand um, what to do, what the right thing was, but it, I was irritated, restless, discontent from the time I was born. I don't remember feeling connected when I was a kid. And in OA, I found I was led to, and in the big book, yeah, I had that, you know, they never, I was selfish. I wanted what I wanted. I want to eat what I want. I want to do what I want. And nobody's going to tell me. And it, all the stories in the back of the big book are about people who had forced religion and they rebelled. And the more it was forced, the more they rebelled. And always soft. God's will is soft and easy and guiding. Um, I, I get, I asked for God's will for once, you know, what is God, what do you want me to do? What I'm doing isn't working. And, um, I did I had tiny God syndrome and today, um, it's soft. My life is flowing. I'm part of life. I'm part of the flow of life and eating the wrong things for me, compulsively binging that, that wasn't good for me, but you know, God's like, okay, I don't want you to do that, but if that's what you're going to do, I'll be here when you get tired <laughs> or when you get hurt enough or when you have diabetes or heart disease. Um, and OA teaches me, you know, from the basics of a food plan, um, get a food plan, call your food in, do the basics, pray. Uh, I, you don't pray for me. You pray for you. I'm and pleased. things work out. So anyway, I pray for God's will instead of my own. And, and that works out better for me. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Kathy J. Where are you calling from this morning, please? Hi, this is Mary, compulsive overeater, calling from Maine. Hi, Mary. And um, what's hi. the first initial of your last name, and where are you calling from this morning, please? And thank you. Yes, Mary A. from Maine. Thank you. And I, yeah, thank you. And I'm coming back. Um, and uh, thank you to all those who greeted me yesterday. <clears throat> Uh, I appreciate it. And this paragraph has always um, really stuck with me because I, like um, like Bill, had that same um, shut down, my heart, my mind shut down to uh, organized religion because I saw the hypocrisy of the humans in the religion that I was raised in. And I didn't realize until I came into recovery that I was making the religion my God, and I was making the people in that religion my God. And it wasn't until I had a revelation 
and I'll never forget it. I was uh, working with a sponsor, reviewing um, really step one and like looking at causes and conditions. And in the process of looking and, and re looking back over my life and reviewing, I had this revelation that God was in every single thing that I experienced. Um, and, and it's hard to explain in words because it was like, it was like my face had been cold and, and, and you know, turned away and, and ice and snow and wind. And then I had this revelation and it was like all of a sudden there was sunlight on my face and there was warmth and there was hope and there was love. And it happened in a moment. And in that moment, my old conceptions of religion as God and people as God fell away and God became God. And I still don't understand what God is and that's okay. I know today that I don't have to understand. What I do know is that it's not in the constructs that instead I can seek out evidence of a God personal to me. And when I see that evidence, I give a quick thank you and a little wink and say, I, yep, I got you, God. I see you and I thank you and I appreciate you. And that has freed me up to develop a relationship with my own God that is free of those prejudices. And it's also, it softened my heart to those to whom I was, I was prejudiced before. Um, and so I'm just so grateful that Bill was able to write all of this down and share his experience and make it okay for me to have my own experience. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Mary A. From Maine. Up next, we have Loretta H. followed by Leslie W. Go ahead, Loretta. Good morning, Jen the Gem. Loretta H. and Raleigh recovered and everybody on the line who is saving my li my life my line my life along with my beautiful precious Scott. Um when I first came into the rooms, you know, um I had an aversion to God. And today with the with his grace, the work, I have had a conversion. And the reason is as um it's shared in the um, imperfection of spirituality. Religion is for people who are afraid of going to hell, and spirituality is for those who have been to hell. And that's how I came in in hell, you know, trapped in my own cage of an eating disorder that was actually just, it was going to kill me. As I shared, the mattress was going to come down from the floors of my apartment. And today I'm so grateful because, and all the shares, I mean, I could see God's face in every single one of the shares this morning. I mean, that that was me, this is me, and God has restored me to sanity. I don't understand God, but I stand under him. I, too, came from a home that had crosses all over it, and my mother kept praying, and my father kept drinking. But now from the work, I understand all that I had to go through. In fact, my dad was severely abused, and he never, ever, ever hit us. That's why my mother was praying. She didn't even know she was praying for that. But this is how it works. Like, it, 
all these God sightings that I get today, even from my past, there was always God. And today I see him because of the conversion of working this program, as other people have said, like my hair is on fire. And I get to practice the principles in all my affairs. And I get neutrality in my life. Somebody equated neutrality the other day at one of my other group meetings as um, humility. And it is because I'm not any better. I'm not more than I'm not less than I'm just human. And God, if I do this work, accepts my humanness as a sinner and as a saint. And so I am, you know, I just, I can't believe a wretch like me is getting this amazing grace because I was so defeated. And today I just, God is everything and he is within me. I know that if I go out into the world and practice the principles in all my affairs and also believe in those four absolutes. So I just, I'm so grateful because I see God's face in you and God converted me to a person that can see and seek. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Loretta H. Up next, we have Leslie W. followed by Rick J. Go ahead, Leslie. Hey, Jen. Good morning. This is Leslie W. from Tennessee. Thank you so much for your service this morning. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I um, I became irritated and my mind snapped shut. This, this reminds me of the way that I used to feel towards God. And my irritation towards God, the resentment that I carried, was actually indirectly caused as a result of the harsh realities of life, the ways that I had been harmed or or perceived that I had been harmed. Um, you know, I really blamed God for the terrible things that I saw and felt in my life. And I think that it's, um, I think that's why, you know, I had the eye roll uh, when other people talked about, you know, whenever I heard phrases like, God is good, God is good all the time, or the same God that's the the God of the the hills is the God of the valley, or I mean just any kind of like phrase phrases like those i just I just bristled at because I was angry, and I didn't know I was angry, but I was very angry, and I was covering it up uh with food, and I think about this this. This paragraph also reminds me of that Herbert Spencer quote on page 568 of the big book, that there is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. And I had a lot of contempt, and it not only kept me in everlasting ignorance, but it kept me miserable. Um, and I only have so much energy, you know, as a human being, I only have, I have a finite amount of energy. And if my energy is tied up in resentment, anger, and frustration over things that I cannot change or control, nor can I possibly understand, I will not be able to recover. And not only will I not be able to recover, but I will not be able to enjoy my life. I will miss it. I will miss life because I'm so focused 
on all the things that I don't understand and all the things that 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 tick me off. Um, once had a marriage counselor say to me and my husband, all right, guys, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? What's more important to you? So today I choose to be happy, and uh, I don't really care about being right anymore. And with that, I passed most of the time. <laughs> oh, me too. Human. Humanness. Thanks, Leslie W. All right, Rick J. from North Carolina. It looks like you're going to be our last chair for the day. We won't have Good time morning, um, Good for morning, our last everybody. person. I do apologize. So we'll just take Rick, and then we'll have to end our meeting for today. Go ahead, Rick. Oh, hey, am I unmuted or muted? I can't tell. Nope, you're unmuted. Go right ahead. I was just saying we don't have time for the last person. So go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, so um, hi, everybody. My name's Rick. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Cary, North Carolina, and I will qualify that by saying I am not cured for sure. Well, you know, this this paragraph, um, it just reminded me so much of, of what I used to be like. What I used to be like was someone who cringed at the word God. And if I was at a meeting where everybody just kept saying the word God, I would walk out, and I have walked out. Uh, and I had somebody um, come after me one time in a meeting and uh, because my share in the meeting was pretty much a direct quote here. I don't know about all this God bullshit. All I know is if I don't come to meetings, I'm going to relapse. And, uh, you know, and, and the person came out after me, you know, and and just said, hey, you know, just so you know, you're you're doing a beautiful job with step two. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he just said, you know, I'm, I'm hearing you really believe that if you don't come here, you're you're going to relapse. And, you know, and that's that's this belief. You know, there's something going on inside of me that has this this belief in something that's really all I needed to make my beginning. And um, I just wanted to share really quickly about J Jimmy Burwell, whose story is the vicious cycle. And. Um, you know, he, he was a famous atheist in the early days, and everybody dreaded Jimmy coming around because it's like, oh, my God, here he comes again. And he was very angry. He was angrier than I was about any mention of the word God. And what it says on – it's like on page 229. It says, I don't think the boys were completely convinced of my personality change, for they fought shy of including my story in the book. So my only contribution to their literary efforts was my firm conviction – since I was still a theological rebel, that the word God should be qualified with the phrase, as we understand him, for that was the only way I could accept spirituality. And he ends up his story saying, and I still say that as long as I remember that January 8th in Washington, that is how long, by the grace of God, as I understand him, I will retain a happy sobriety. So it was Jimmy B. who was responsible for we're putting the words as we understand him after the word God in steps three and 11. And so I thank this angry atheist for saving my life. And we can start anywhere in this journey. And if I forget to qualify the word as I understand him, when I use the word God, please, for all of you out there who are struggling, just know that it's as we understand him. It's our own personal understanding. Whatever that is, it's okay. It does not matter. The God of your understanding 
the God of my understanding, it's that something, this, this belief in something that can grow and change as we continue to do this. So in the beginning, it was an outside God, judgmental, punitive, terrifying, and all my feelings were fear and guilt around this conception of this God as I then used to understand him. And now it's an inside God, a God personal to me, a God as I understand him, which opened me up, which opened up my heart, which let me continue to grow with that I pass. Perfect timing. Thanks so much, Rick J. from North Carolina. And I'm so sorry, Debbie, we didn't have time to hear your share. Please stick around for the second hour, and hopefully the second hour moderator, um, Barbara, will hear, and she can take you first in the lineup. All right, folks. Well, guess what? I'm so thankful that we all got together this morning. And thanks to everybody who shared. Thanks to everybody who just showed up and was here this morning listening. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing and grab your pen and paper. Here's the share ID for today. For Friday, June 17th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the number, recorded number is 19,081. That's 19081. We're now going to close with a reading from the big book. It's on page 164. And then we're going to follow with the serenity prayer. Will Darlene H. please read a vision for you? Good morning. This is Darlene, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Georgia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.